Good morning, people that listen to my podcast. This is another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job featuring me, Maxim Allen, your host. Today is October 18th, 2020. It is a beautiful fall day in New York City, and I am very excited about my guest today. So on the show right now, we have someone who is very fashionable, very cool, uh, new to comedy. I met met him through um, Ann Van Epps in the last episode. Um, today, I want all of us to welcome Alvisa Antonio Vidali. Woo. Am I supposed to be my own audience? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just, ah. I, I like to see how people react. React like, to that? Yeah, because yeah. it's like, oh, give it up for me. <laughs> like, there, wait, there's an audience here? <laughs> I'm like, where? It's the two cats outside the window yeah. over there. <laughs> there's a mirror in here, like FBI, and then someone can see us. That's, that's how I... That's right. My room, Imagine podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my room is a interrogation room. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. The next building over is listening to us through the Perfect. quote unquote brick I'm wall. happy for the airtime. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I'm really no, excited. No, thank you. As you said, I'm, um, I'm new to comedy and two things. So I'm, I get excited very easily. But <laughs> this is exciting. Look, I'm talking into a microphone and, and someone asked me to talk. Uh, about shoes for 90 minutes <laughs> that's a first that's your <laughs> so, usually people will ask me to um stop uh within the first um five minutes so awesome. 90 minutes i'll be brief <laughs> okay and i'll make everything fit in all right awesome so alvisa you work as a shoe designer i do right yes. now and this is something you've loved to do your whole life yes i yeah 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 shoes yes okay great whole life is like i don't know when i was two or three but um, I think I wanted to own a car wash when I was three. <laughs> that, that, that evolved into uh, feminine footwear. Uh, yeah, I um, I remember everything, like the journey that um, that brought me here where I am today. I, I remember all the steps very vividly. Uh, oh, perfect. But I think it was, uh, it's t- 10 years, the past 10 years of my life, uh, something happened and I was like, Wow, and I got into footwear. And do do you want me to start anywhere? Or I'm gonna. I'm what's gonna, your question? Sorry. Okay, because I am very chatty, as you might yeah. have noticed. So you need to stop me. No, it's a perfect podcast. Guest. Okay, this yeah. is an interview podcast. <laughs> okay. So perfect. So we'll just start with. Uh, let's get into some quick background stuff yeah. about you. So where are you from? I'm from Italy. I'm from a small town uh, called Yesolo. Okay. Um, I know exactly where that is. You know? No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> no, I don't know where that is. Um, it's like, well, you, you kind of know, well, you, we know Venice. People have. That's like northern Italy, right? No, northeast, yeah. Northeast, okay. Um, so, Yazolo is like on a strip of land. Uh, Venice is not uh, built on the open sea, as some, some mm-hmm. people think that. It's in a lagoon. Okay. And yeah, my hometown is on this insignificant strip of land that separates the sea from the lagoon. That's. That's okay. That's where I'm coming from. Swamp. <laughs> so you're like Venice adjacent. I am a swamp witch. I was going <laughs> to say bitch. I, <laughs> I am a swamp bitch. Uh, it depends. It depends on the alcohol tolerance. <laughs> okay. Well, please welcome to the show, Swamp Witch <laughs> slash Bitch Alvisa. I, think I just found my drag name. <laughs> uh, no, I have several, but I, I like that. Yeah, yeah this is so productive. Like, look at me. <laughs> Thank you for starting my career. Awesome. I'm happy to do it. Okay. <laughs> so so you grew up in Italy. And I did. you are in New York City now. I am. So yeah. h- how long ago did you move to the States? I moved to the States uh, four, four or five years ago. Okay. Uh, in 2015, I came and I really wanted to go to FIT. 
Okay. And in 2016, I moved here, and then I graduated, and then I started working, and now I wanna I wanna stay here. Awesome. Okay. I really bad. Well, you picked the worst years to move to America. <laughs> well, I moved to America for yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he wasn't president yet uh, <laughs> when it came here, and no one thought he would become president. Yeah, we were all such so, fools. Yeah, I remember the night of the on election night, uh, my friend was putting weaves on my head <laughs> and we were watching the election and the, the next day I left through my alarm clock it was a mess <laughs> yeah the next day after the election I had to go to class and everyone in my school was just like dead inside no, uh, do you know that the Statue of Liberty when like lost power went dark really on election night wow I had no idea someone unplugged the Statue of Liberty <laughs> um, oh okay that that's less cool I thought it was just like and then just symbolically by pure coincidence it turned off I think so I mean that's what they say but I, I imagine the Statue of Liberty with like just a plug and someone <laughs> someone unplugged it they're like nope it's on one circuit breaker somewhere on the outside yeah. of the monument just yeah. a quick flip of the switch well, I think there's like um like a court and an outlet somewhere. It's an extension Downtown. cord. Yeah. There's a flag in the middle of Wall Street. No one knows what that is. That's your liberty. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. So uh, you 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 do shoe design. You're from Italy. So let's. You said you remember every step of the journey. Yeah. So what was the first thing that got you into shoe design? The trigger. Well, I was always into design in general. Whether it was mm-hmm. designing houses or interior design, I was always gravitating towards uh, creating art design. Um, so there's a whole journey that regards fashion and creating. And then, Mm -hmm. um, it was, uh, 2010. I remember Mm -hmm. that very vividly. And I, uh, I was with my family and I went to see Sex and the City 2. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, I have, I had just seen the movies, not the series. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't like a diehard Sex and the City fan. I just went Mm because it was summer. It was fun. We just wanted to go. And in the first scene, um... Um, very first scene, uh, Carrie jumps on a, she's the main character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she jumps on a taxi and she's wearing a pair of Christian Louboutin shoes. Back then, I did not know who Christian Louboutin was. I just mm-hmm. saw, and I, and I didn't know that, that that shoe, I have like a rank in my mind of all the best uh, pumps in the world. Oh and, my God, uh, this is going to be a good episode. And she's wearing uh, the Pigalle by Christian Louboutin, 120 millimeter heel. And I think that's the most beautiful shoe in the world. And that the one that she wore uh, was uh, completely covered in uh, golden Swarovski crystals. Okay. Actually, to be, uh, I want to be precise, actually, it was golden leather with clear crystals on it, which is even more beautiful. And a red sole. And I remember just seeing that because they, they have a close up. And I was like, what is, like, what, what is that? What's happening? And that was like just stuck in my brain. And then, you know, in like horror movies when kids are like drawing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah. On pieces of paper and there's mm-hmm. that everywhere, usually like a circle. I started drawing that shoe everywhere, like a crazy Whoa. person. And I was in high school and I was drawing that shoe over and over. Uh, and, then, and then I came to New York with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were at JFK. Our flight was very delayed because of snow. We were going back. And my mom came back and she was like, look what I found. And she gave me what I still consider to be one of my holy Bibles. It's a Sex and the City 2 uh, fashion-based book that breaks down every single outfit and tells you the name of every single designer. Wow. So I saw the shoes and I looked him up. Mm-hmm. And, and now there's Instagram. Everybody knows him. Mm-hmm. He's a, but back then, he wasn't starting out. He was already famous. But among celebrities, not people in my hometown, or yeah, they, yeah. they didn't know who, who he was. So I started looking him up, looking mm-hmm. shoes, and started drawing shoes. I started drawing 
his shoes. Mm -hmm. Then in my mind, I had this collaboration of me and him. Yeah. And then I just uh, like grew apart from that word. I wanted to design something different and Mm -hmm. I started to do my own thing. But it all started with Christian Louboutin and Giuseppe Zanotti and Manolo Blahnik and all those uh, great designers of, uh, of of our generation. Wow. So that was just something you saw the shoe in this movie and just something, like clicked something, in your head? Something, some jeans. Yeah, I just saw the shoes. That was like, that. that's beautiful. Wow. That is just like, I was like, that's just... Be- that, uh, no, it was the fact that in the movie, in the costume design world, that was their way to say, that's her, she's still that girl. She's Because she, in... In the series, she grew up, she got married and everything, but they were like, she's still, uh, she's going to wear like a white jersey dress, but she will have insanely high uh, golden crystal shoes. It was like a statement. Mm. And I was like, that's a, th- th- there was so much psychological charge into that choice that I was like, it's so fascinating that an accessories can do that. Wow. An accessory can do that. And back then, I wasn't thinking about wearing heels. Because mm-hmm. now I do. I didn't love doing that. Yeah, so Elvisa, every time I see you, you're always rocking some heels. Some, some heels. Well, these are like, uh, yeah, these are like baby heels. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to what I've seen you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are blowing my mind this is so fascinating for me so also i mean i'm glad if you have no interest in this and i'm talking to things and you and you find it interesting that's awesome i am uh i i as as you guys have heard on the podcast i am not a very fashion forward person but i love to hear insight into like but no one i don't these perspectives no one is fashion forward Uh, yeah um I, i i don't like when people try to turn fashion or anything honestly into privilege Okay. Uh, whether it's co- uh, education, culture, anything, I just think you should share. These are mm-hmm. supposed to be fun things, right? And if, I, fashion is entertainment. Yeah. I am like Whoa. every fashion designer, a clown. <laughs> like this is so unnecessary. Like yeah. we don't need anything. Like it's an industry built built on things that we don't need. Mm-hmm. It's about fantasies. Like we're we're playing dress up, dress up, dressing up. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, and, and then a very common mistake that I think people do, mm-hmm. they think fashion is an input. So, uh, you have, you come up with an idea and you, so, you, you, you propose it, mm-hmm. people take it and it becomes something. But I, it's, this is not my thinking, I'm just uh, sharing this mm-hmm. with, with you and who listens to this. Uh, fashion is an output. It's mm-hmm. the result of a culture phenomenon that's happening. Because okay. it's true. Yeah. People think it's an input because designers put things together two years before you see them in the store mm-hmm. but those are humans that have lives and when they're maybe they're trying to forecast something but truly what they're doing it's like uh they're summing up their experience and they're putting it there so whatever you see in fashion is where we're coming from is not where we're going so no one is a prophet or a fashionista fashion is supposed to be fun and whatever you wear it's totally fun it's your way of exp- expressing yourself wow but, uh, and, and you don't and and the and the whole other thing that you need to have expensive things that's bullshit. I I I do spend money on shoes because mm-hmm. uh, uh, when I have to, if yeah, I can yeah. buy secondhand, secondhand it is. But uh, I I don't think I don't my, none of my outfits is more than like a hundred dollars. And mm-hmm. sometimes people are like, oh my god, that's no, that's I found this stuff uh, like in a dumpster, <laughs> <laughs> and I washed it, and now it's clean, and I like it. Wow. Okay, cool. That's su- that's such a cool perspective that it's like everything that are like like what you said is just it's an out- it's an output, it's not an input. Like yeah. I had never thought of it like that. Like it's like, oh, 
they're just people are summing up what their perspectives are on fashion or whatever well, in their lives and they're making something based on that they're not just like having a like a think tank that sits down and is like I what's think, the next thing i think people want to especially people in the fashion world want it they want it to sound like that because it creates uh, an idea of exclusivity because mm-hmm. then someone's like Oh, I cannot forecast what the next trend is going to mm-hmm. be. They can. They are the wizards. I'm like, no, they're they're clowns. They're not wizards. <laughs> they're all clowns. They're, they're all clowns. <laughs> I, I, I hate it. Interesting. Okay. So, wow. We're not even 15 minutes in. We got some great <laughs> stuff. So, we're, we're going to back it up real quick. So, mm-hmm. you start drawing the shoe yeah, in high school. So, yeah, you get this thank book. Thank you for leading so, me because this is... I, I'm a mess. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm interrupting you. Sorry. Go ahead. It is all good. It's all good. So... You you get you you see the shoe in this movie. You, you're obsessed with it. You draw it all the time. Yeah. Your mom gets you the book of the the fashion from the movie, and you start researching it more. Yeah, I, I found out about Christian Louboutin, who he was, what mm-hmm. his name was, and also other designers. Because in yeah, that yeah. book, there, uh, I mean, the costume designer is one of the uh, Patricia Field is a costume designer of Sex and the City, and I think she lives on Earth, and everyone else is just lucky to be here. Like I, <laughs> I uh, Patricia Field is just she is New York. She she is everything. She's I just love, in case mm-hmm. you, I, I love her very much. Uh, and her work is just amazing. And what, where, where was I going with this? So what was the next step after the next? The oh, no, sorry. Um, yeah, because Patricia Field <laughs> put all that stuff in the book. So okay. it wasn't just Christian Louboutin, but he was my favorite. And then from there, I really got into shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was always a uh, heels wearer. Um so that that was always that beauty concept was always in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom was uh, a, a huge inspiration and fashion icon for me. Mm-hmm. The, the first one was my mother. I yeah. love the way she uh she's an interior designer. Mm-hmm. She's like a gay guy trapped in, you know, pearls <laughs> in, the, in the body of like aging skin and pearls. <laughs> Uh, I made it, I made her sound so awful. Like, <laughs> uh, she was addicted to tanning beds. Okay, let's um so you're you're in school <laughs> I'm talking about my mom aging and the question <laughs> what was the next step sorry so, so you're in high school you get this book is there yeah. do you do you do more with it in high school or like you you said you went to college for fashion well, so it's kind of in between uh, there well there, there there are two things one thing is that i really started drawing first shoes and then outfits okay i love the idea of the outfits uh but i wouldn't let anyone see that mm-hmm. because i wasn't out yeah Okay. And yeah. I, honestly, looking back, I was clearly gay. Like <laughs> that was not going to be the giveaway, you know. Yeah. I mean, people were like, "Okay." <laughs> um, so I had all the shoes, and then one day, my my best friend, who's still my best friend, mm-hmm. found them. She was really into fashion. She showed me, uh, she showed me fashion bloggers back then. They were just starting, and um, she found the shoes, and she was like, "These are beautiful." Yeah, yeah. You know that there's this new app. It's called Instagram. Yeah, yeah. You should start posting. <laughs> So I did start posting and I got to a point when I, when I had so many drawings and I was posting shoes and I had this account. I was pretending that I was already a designer, but instead of having a shop, I had Instagram and I would post right. the drawings on my shoes. And then something happened. Uh, one time I got a clue that be- that was going to be the giveaway and people were going to know that I was gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to do that anymore. I destroyed every single one of my drawings. Oh my gosh. I destroyed all of them and I was crying. It was very dramatic and my mom heard me. And then she came into my room and I was tearing the drawings and I just ran away because I was embarrassed. And when I came back, the, the, the drawings weren't there anymore. And then I never talked to her about it. And then two or three days later, I remember I came back from the beach. It was mm-hmm. a very hot day. And she came to me and she had ironed every single piece and put it back together. 
We're wow. talking about like 50 letter size front and back pages with tons of shoes on it. And she studied all of them on a hot summer day with no air condition that summer. And she ironed them, put them back together and said, please don't ever destroy whatever, com- whatever comes up. And dad and I love you. What- whatever. Whatever you choice, we love you. Don't ever do it again. And I still have that folder with me. Oh, that's and- amazing. I love that. And since that, before I would burn my drawings, I, I wanted to, them to disappear. And since that day, I don't even, I, I, I have boxes of just scrap, like random things. I don't, I don't throw anything away. Um, so from, from there, that's when it really started. I was like, okay, I, I don't give a shit. I, they taught me a very important lesson. I was like, I, I, I am loved even if I do this and I, I have to keep going. This is, this is part of me. This is the way to, ex- my way to express myself. Wow, that is yeah. beautiful. I love that. What a what a great lesson. What what an amazing mom. Like what yeah. a what an awesome thing to do. Like I'd yeah, be yeah. like if my kid did that, I'd be like, "Well, uh they're gone. <laughs> I saved oh, the garbage. Me, you me, can put them me together." Me too. I mean, I went through this beautiful moment and if my kids did that, I would not, I would not do it. So, I feel like you took pictures, I don't know, right? I don't know how she did it. Yeah, yeah. We're really talking about like and in on every uh page I would have like three or four different shoes front and back. Yeah. And really she was only missing like a couple of pieces. She was able to put all and tape all of them back together. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So this was this is in high school, right? This is all in high school. And after that I was like, okay, I really want to do this. I started telling people that I wanted to be a shoe designer mm-hmm. and I wanted to make them. I was like, for me it was magic. I was like, how do they make them? Mm-hmm. I know how you can make a shirt, I can picture it, but how yeah. a shoe, how how the hell do you make a shoe? Yeah, yeah. So I really wanted to uh, to do it and I was having a hard time finding a, a small class because mm-hmm. I, I was in high school. I couldn't just, just leave, you know? And then, believe it or not, because I always ended up studying footwear abroad and people yeah, were yeah. like, if you're Italian, why don't you stay there? Uh, I, I don't know. It never happened. Um, my mom found this class in London. Mm-hmm. So I went away for a summer. I was 17. I went to London College of Fashion, met extraordinary people, and made my first three pair of shoes. Uh, and that was, and from and from that moment, I just kept drawing, drawing, drawing. And then I went to fashion school. And then there's, I mean, there's a whole journey. And so we still have time. But, so yeah. Well, so but what, that's kind of what happened in high school. So what was your first pair of shoes that I made? Yeah, yeah. My first pair of shoes that I made. It's a pair of shoes that I made for my mom. Mm-hmm. They're not. I don't know. It's like it's like your first makeup versus how you do makeup now. It's yeah, yeah. Anything. Or it's your always first, the first. Your first time. mic and, first and you're, you're a comedian, yeah. and, and now you have a podcast. where yeah. you started from a mic. It was a uh, it was it was a pump. It was a uh, T strap pump. It means that it, it's a it's a it's a normal pump. Sorry, um, sorry for the repetition. Um, with a Mary Jane strap across, and then a, a vertical strap that goes okay. from, the, from the middle strap all the way to the bottom. Okay, that makes sense uh and it was in i was able to my mom like likes uh snake prints a lot mm-hmm. so i was able to find this uh it was vegan leather or as nice. we used to call it plastic <laughs> uh, i hate it okay that's a whole other thing we're like vegan i'm like that's plastic um <laughs> so i was able to grab that i saw a uh, vegan snake on, on the scrap box and i just grabbed it and i was like the first pair of shoes i want to make them mm-hmm. for my mom and uh yeah so i, I combined that and a leather of a different color that did not, did not go with it uh i had to make one of the two the upper is uh th- this part of the shoe so yeah, the, yeah. The le- oh yeah people can see <laughs> so it's the leather basically yeah, it's the yeah. Upper. 
and um and I, and I had to stitch one like because I didn't I ha- I was learning to do patterns to cut and to sew at the same time I didn't I didn't have any of those skills mm-hmm. uh so I was trying to sew and then I by accident I pressed uh, too hard on the pedal and I just stitched all through the shoe like oh maybe twice and I had to start all over again mm-hmm. uh so there was and and I obviously I bled on uh, I was bleeding on the shoe mm-hmm. <laughs> I always do that I bleed on my first prototype I don't know why <laughs> it happened with bags with belts there's it's very it's not sanitary but usually you're putting a little bit of you into it. it's a special that's what ingredient. people say it's a way of making it sound nice but <laughs> I don't want any Alvisa shoes unless there's some blood there's blood in them. it's like yeah. there's DNA like proof that he made it so that was my first shoe and then I made a shoe for my sister mm-hmm. uh who truly she she couldn't care less about heels Mm -hmm. but back then she was still living in that mindset that a girl has to wear heels so i made heels for her and the third pair i made it for my best friend no Mm -hmm. first pair for my mom second pair for my best friend and third pair for my sister Mm -hmm. because weirdly enough i don't know if this is relevant for to the podcast or not but we we talked about swam so uh (laughs) you know um i couldn't because it kind of relates to fashion and what we were saying Mm -hmm. before it, I was like, I was very frustrated because usually I can know a person mm-hmm. and design a shoe based on that person. Mm-hmm. And with my sister, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't design a pair of heels for her. And I was like, why? Like, I, I can with everyone. Why not with my sister? Mm-hmm. Because truly, like, she was lying to herself. I, we were living in the society. We were, like, younger. But I could feel that she wasn't the kind of girl that would have worn heels. So I ended yeah. up uh, drawing and making a, ve- a pair of... Ve- it was a very masculine design for a pair of heels. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very interesting. The, I, again, back to the psychology of what we wear. Yeah, we don't. We even the person. I remember when I went to fashion school, I had this crazy teacher, but a crazy person. But he was a good teacher, and he said, "There's no such thing as someone that has no interest in fashion. Maybe they're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. But when they wake up in the morning and they pick something from their closet, they, there is a reason. Uh, it could, can rarely is just comfort. The color they're going to. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's black, gray." Or an actual color blue, I don't know, but there's a reason for it. Um, interesting. So yeah, my first, the first shoe was the one I made for my mom. But mm-hmm. I think, I think this is interesting. This thing that happened with my sister, I was like, she's my sister. Why don't I know what mm-hmm. she likes? I did. She doesn't like heels, and I couldn't <laughs> design a pair of heels. How do I make her. this thing that she's not gonna like, but in a way yeah. that she will like it? <laughs> I think that cause I m- many girls wear heels because because they have feel like they have to yeah yeah and in a way they do in our society you know if you're going to the oscars and you're a woman so now some women are starting to wear sneakers or mm-hmm. not heels which is awesome uh and i think you should not wear heels unless you want to because yeah. otherwise it's not fun anymore because mm-hmm. if you don't like them i'm like well then where's the pleasure it's just right pain right. and lack of comfort like why do you do it yeah exactly i mean the guy's gonna fuck you whether you wear the heels or, you know what i mean <laughs> like guys don't care like it's not it's not the shoe that does the trick Dude, the closest thing i have to knowing what that's like is just wearing ski boots like i'm a big skier <laughs> and i'm just like oh yeah those things hurt. those are actually way more comfortable oh my god uh, no, don't even no, start i lose my toe my big toenails every ski season because oh of like the impact from my boots and that's that's my fault listeners wow. i know well, not no, to she was, uh, yeah. heels are a little better than yeah. that uh yeah. so i don't so, know to respond to that yeah, it's like okay. <laughs> i have this image of your toenail falling off uh it's, it's gross yeah. um uh so you you make these first three pairs of shoe on like yeah. in a broad kind of program yeah. thing yeah. and then you go to fashion school yeah yeah so what fashion school did you go to <laughs> there's such a weird story there so i went to this uh amazing i think academy in verona in italy okay 
Um, and the school shut down before the first year was done. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, the, like the, the headmaster like lost his mind and like ran away. Very Italian, ran away with the money. It was like a disastrous situation. <laughs> I had the best year of my life in Verona that year. Okay, I, I have the best memories. Uh, that was supposed to be a three-year uh, program. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to it was supposed to be a little bit of everything first year, and then you choose for the last two. Mm -hmm. And I was going to do accessories, but mm -hmm. I never got there. Yeah, yeah. I just did fashion design, which I hated. I hate pattern making for clothes. It's mm -hmm. the most boring thing in the world. But you're like super into shoes, but clothes are well, just like not that. I was very into shoes and, and the making of a shoe because I wanted to um, know how they were made. So I was mm -hmm. curious. And then I wanted, I never wanted to be a shoemaker. I wanted to be knowledge, knowledgeable because then you design differently. Yeah. I was so tired of designing things. And then um, technicians would say, oh, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't mad at them. Mm -hmm. I was like, I should know this. Like, right. why am I wasting their time mm -hmm. by just being some brat that's like, I want this sandal to be made. Like, no, you have to know how it's made. That so makes... you're going to save time and, and, and maybe design something that you didn't know was possible, you know? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like in, so, uh... so to, but to answer your question, so I didn't... Uh, I was, shoes are smaller. And the pattern making, it's easier, I think. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's 3D and you literally mold leather around a shape, uh, a last, yeah, yeah. Like, the, uh, like a plastic foot. Okay. Uh, with, with, with garments, you have to make this pattern on this very, you can feel the hatred, on this very <laughs> brittle, like <laughs> stupid paper that rips and, yeah. and the pencil bleeds. And, and then it's complicated. You have to be precise. I'm not good at it precise small tiny work because i'm okay. very patient so it was, it was just awful interesting and i got a good grade in that class just because the teacher was like over it because he knew that the school <laughs> was closing <laughs> he literally was like he gave me like well we had it was a different grading that let's say he said okay be minus mm -hmm. i was like can i have an a and he was like okay yeah, i don't care and he gave me an a. <laughs> that's that's so interesting i like your I like your reason for getting into the school for shoe design. Like, I want to know how this is made. Yeah. Like, we, ha I had, um, there's a very, I'm an engineer. I went to school for engineering. And there's a very similar thing that happens between architects and so civil engineers. And for architects, they learn how to draw. They're more artists in a lot of ways. And they draw these beautiful buildings the with perfect elaborate, yeah. like, designs. And then civil engineers are like, no fucking way. Yeah. People like, will die like, you in take this that building. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the same thing with shoes. People will die in those heels. You can make them like this. And funny thing mm -hmm. that I think is very stupid. But if you, if women, I, I invite women or especially women all around the world and think about the fact that 98% of the heels that they wear were designed by straight men. And people have this thing that don't know what it's like to wear heels. Um, and people have this idea of the fashion world dominated by women and gay guys. Mm -hmm. It's not true. It's they're almost it's almost straight men. Whew. Straight men everywhere. Wow. That's... I mean, I said that like they're you know like, uh, like <laughs> we're under attack. Annoying. Yeah, we're under. They're coming. Um, um, yeah. So uh, I get it. Like there are there are some sandals that I'm like that's a torture device, and I refuse to wear that because it takes <laughs> the pleasure away from the experience. Okay, and so you're you're like you're like no Tevas, no Chacos ever. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying. I think you should at least try them on, you know. Yeah. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I did not. I I had a fear that came true when you start wearing the heels, mm -hmm. and you, you lose a little bit of a the sex sexiness of your design. Mm -hmm. 
because uh, something the moral issue is beyond um, realistic expectations of what a shoe should be. Mm-hmm. The more he does the fashion job of wow, um, but um, I, I don't know. I think we, we already have that. I think we should explore something different mm-hmm. because if you can't walk in them, I mean. Because sometimes people look at the shoes that I wear and they're like, well, you can't walk in that. I mean, yeah, but if you're used to the height, mm-hmm. this shoe is constructed in a way that's very smart and I can tell you why. Uh, but then there are shoes that it's like, you, c- you can't walk in that. If you sell it to me as like a dinner shoe, I'm like, okay, fine, but can Interesting. we... I'm fine. I'm not saying let's burn all these beautiful shoes that already mm-hmm. exist. I'm like, they already exist. Let's explore something different. Let's expand heels to anybody who wants to wear heels. Mm-hmm. There is a huge portion and this is not like giving away an idea there is a huge unexplored portion of a market Mm -hmm. which is heels for everyone for men too Hmm. i'm not and people get very defensive they're like what's next like men in heels i'm like i'm not saying men must wear heels from now on i'm saying if they want to they should be able to and that's a huge portion of the market and one day someone's gonna do it and they're gonna become a millionaire (laughs) and now the only reason why they don't do it is just because there are there's this bunch of old, mm. straight, white men, which is not the stereotype. It's truly those that are like, oh, that's not a thing. I'm like, yeah. no, it is. I live and breathe in this society. I'm telling you it is. Yeah, yeah. The Italian fashion world is dominated by some people that I really don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I hope they will retire soon. Yeah. <laughs> and people have no idea. Even uh, American celebrities that were... Like, I've been in those rooms with those men and I hear... And I heard how they speak about women... Mm-hmm. And they're, they're homophobic they're transphobic they're misogynist it's really it's really bad and people i feel like there's so much going on in the world that mm-hmm. it's also m- more important than this even yeah. though i mean they're they both topics are equally in charge with importance um sorry um but so there's a we have a lot on our plate uh mm-hmm. right now yeah uh, and it's good that we're discussing that but there's there's also this in the fashion world we should do a little bit of a cleanse there too. Yeah, because <laughs> some things I don't think they, I don't think it's acceptable nowadays. Yeah, I think I think that makes total sense though. Like it's, I think in every industry, especially in creative industries, there's always everyone waiting for like the old guard to move aside for like the new generation of yeah, ideas. Yeah. And I think what you said about like there's a market for men that want to wear heels. It like obviously there's a huge and like trans people anybody or women that have more than a size 10 if i may say because i have a lot of women that come to me whenever like when i do when i go to um i don't know whenever i speak in public usually have one or two women uh that come to me and they're like oh my god i love your shoes what size are you because they're Mm -hmm. hoping that I'm going to say that I'm a size 14. Yeah, yeah. Because there are okay, models are not size 14, but like in women, I'm like at 10, 11. Okay. And there are a lot of women that are like 10, 11, 12, and they cannot find shoes. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, you guys, it's not just gay men; it's also the straight women, but they are not. You can make it more inclusive they, as they a whole. They still make samples in size 37. I mean, who's this? there are people? There are still women with size 37, but the average size now it's. 39 40 mm-hmm. uh, 38 it's not 37 mm-hmm. it used to be they used to make the samples in size 35 hmm. in 2020 like like we literally evolved as human beings we're bigger now like yeah, yeah. why so is this thing of and and there it's a it's a awful time in the footwear industry right now there's a huge market cri- market crisis and they don't want to change they don't want to shift and i'm like well someone's going to do it sooner or later 
maybe it'll be me. I've been telling people because I, I, I've always wanted to see this change. Mm-hmm. But I was like, there are so many people out there that already have money, visibility, power. So right, gonna right. do it. But no one's doing it. Maybe, maybe I'll do it. Yeah, maybe you should do it. Uh, I, think. I don't want to. <laughs> if I must, I will, I will. I will do something. No, I think I think that's that would be such a cool thing to see you do. Honestly. I would be like telling everybody, be like, you got to check out Elvisa. He's got the coolest They're shoes. Better than ski boots. Better than, way better than ski boots. <laughs> Here, okay, I'm going to pitch you an idea. A healed ski boot. Comfort, <laughs> right there. There's the, there's the engineering Ultimate you. comfort. Yeah, right. <laughs> I take back all that I said with fashion before. Yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> maybe you should be exclusive. No, That's amazing, though. Loved oh, my idea. God. So, uh, so you, so your, your headmaster goes crazy, runs away, oh, yeah. very Italian, as you said. Um, and uh, yeah. you, you then come to the United States. Yeah. To- well, my school, that, that was a time when my, uh, personal life was completely exploding. Yeah. Uh, my, my family went through, we went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And after that, my dad was like, bye. Like he completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. So my mom was making like $600 a month working mm-hmm. like half a day. And she was like, okay, well, I have these two kids because I have a sister. Mm-hmm. And they both have to go to school and it makes $600 a month. Um, which uh, in the United States is like making 2000 probably a mm-hmm. month. But still. Yeah, yeah. In New York, I mean, it's still nothing. Yeah. Um, and and the school was, was already expensive. I had a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, had that, I got the scholarship. And it was very frustrating for me to see that that went to nothing. Right, right. And but my mom was like, "I I don't care what I have to do in life. I I, I will give you an education because I promised you an education." Mm-hmm. Uh, which I I I don't want to make it sound like I have a I don't have a perfect relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. But there are certain things that I fucking have to give her credit for. Yeah, yeah. From that folder with the drawings mm-hmm. and really pushing for me, being my first supporter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for all of this, and and the fashion schools in Italy, the other opportunity I wanted to do, I was like, if I have to go through hell, if she has to go through hell, it has to be worth it. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I was looking up these fashion schools, and they were so expensive, mm-hmm. as expensive as paying uh, tuition for FIT and living in New York. Okay. I was like, if I have to spend that money, if we have to go through hell to being able to do that, mm-hmm. uh, I want to go to New York. Yeah. I didn't have. I had a I had the Hollywood New York idea in mind. Right. So I didn't know about so many other amazing things that I could have done yeah. here. Um I wanted people think it's because of sex in the city because I'm gay and I wanted to come to New York. Mm-hmm. I liked FIT. I I did a research. Mm-hmm. I, when you have no money and you're about to spend the money that you don't have, yeah. you really want to be sure of what you're doing. Right. What I loved about FIT was the only school in the entire world, and I think it still is, where you can study fashion mm-hmm. make what you're designing yeah. it was the only school offering I, w- I really wanted to make the prototypes right and fat lets you do that mm-hmm. and i really wanted to study fashion and i also wanted to study other things right like liberal arts yeah uh, arts classes and fat was the only school i wanted to start to study art history because i love it i wanted to study psychology i'm very into psychology mm-hmm. and i could do it at fat and FAT happened to be in New York, which happens to be uh, like an amazing city. Yeah, but that's why I wanted. That's why I wanted to come. And we were like, okay, let's do it. It wasn't easy. I have a crazy grandmother. Mm-hmm. I was like, is she gonna hear this? No. Uh, I have a crazy grandmother who divorced her husband, 
when she was like 72 or 73 mm-hmm. she was like i hate you goodbye <laughs> and then they had she had money on the side for them growing all together mm-hmm. and a little bit has a spite like out of spite for him he just wanted she just wanted to destroy the funds somewhere Whoa. and then i needed to come to new york and she was like well it's not enough for everything but i have these retirement funds and i don't do anything with my life and i love you and you're fabulous and i, th- and I think you should use so we we gathered money some amazing people from my hometown i hate most of the people from my hometown and i love very much there are very good people in there uh that really wanted to help my mom because mm-hmm. it's a small town so when when everything happened with my family everybody knew yeah and some people were so happy mm-hmm. uh because my dad was not a, a great in like he, he was a show off he wanted he wanted to show off yeah yeah so when when we lost everything some people were genuinely happy mm-hmm. uh, but they knew my mom was a good a good person and we got help from a lot of people wow that's and incredible yeah that lend, lended us money because you know when you come to the states and you apply for a visa mm-hmm. they want to know that you're going to be able to apply to pay for your studies and rent and everything without right. working right so we have to prove in italy is not really a thing so I didn't have experience with visas. Mm-hmm. And to go to FAT, they wanted us to show that we had a bank account with, I think it, would, it was probably like $60,000 in cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and wow. we were like, uh, I was like, uh, I have $10. <laughs> and my mom was like, I have 15. And a lot of amazing people were like, we found out that you could do like a patchwork fund. Yeah. Like, be like, this person has this and this person has this. And a lot of amazing people were like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I believe in you and your son and uh, we're going to help you there. That is So I, I got amazing. a lot of help. Wow. Yeah. Th- I, I feel very lucky. I, there are a lot of people that were, have really been nasty to me in my life, but a lot of people that have been really good. And I feel, I feel very thankful. That's so incredible. And I like to talk about it because I, you know, especially, you know, when I, when I meet new people and I don't know, they like... They see me uh, trying to do stand up and putting myself out there, and mm-hmm. they like what I look like. I don't know, and I don't. And I know there are people that want to do this because th- th- this is how it started with me. I yeah. saw someone and I wanted to do it. Yeah. And I don't want to make you look like it's easy or mm-hmm. or act like I didn't get help. I got so much help. So yeah. many people lift, lifted me up where I am today, mm-hmm. and I didn't forget any of that. And I I still remain very thankful. So I think it's important to talk about that in general. Absolutely. Um, wow. Because. Yeah, it's almost like fairy godmother kind of mm-hmm. shit. Like I'm, I'm like, where did that come? Where, where did the help come from? That's that's like so so amazing. That's like such an incredible thing. Like shout out to the people who like helped you yeah. for real. That's, yeah. I mean, just wow. Like to like have people come together and be like, we want to support yeah. this person we, to move yeah. away from here yeah. to study yeah. something like that we don't understand. Because right. that's the other thing. Because I did, I wasn't doing drag. No, I mean, I'm not a drag queen, but. I'm in front of you and I'm wearing makeup and, uh, and a wig and, yeah. and things. Gender fluid, playing <laughs> mm-hmm. with fashion. I don't know. Call it what you want. Uh, but back then, like, I don't know, like, just, I almost didn't believe that I could do something. Right. Um, so the fact that these people were like, no, I, I believe in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, wow, that, it was touching. I was, uh, in. it was like a storm of shit. We had shit, every, there was shit everywhere. And we were like, wow, I mean, this is, this is nice, you know? Yeah, you can pull it off like oh yeah just wow so so you you have this incredible support system that pushed you through and you yeah. got to come to fit in yeah. new york city yeah so i'm gonna so what year was this 
2016. Oh, right, right, right. The year right, of yeah. the Lord. The year. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is a little sidetrack, but I want to ask you, what were your big culture shock moments moving to the U.S. from Italy? Oh, racism. Racism. Yeah, because you grew up watching you grew up watching American television, and um, and then another thing is when you watch American television is dubbed in Italian. Right. So you see American things. But when pe- but people speak Italian and have Italian energy because it's doubt. Yeah. So you grew up thinking that it's, it's it's the same thing, Italians, but like there, we're all the same, mm-hmm. and we're not. And but the main thing is because you grew up watching these movies where I don't know the, the quarterback chooses not the cheerleader but the yeah. girl on the you know with the glasses and everything, and and there's no racism and everything's fine now. Mm-hmm. Thank God there's awareness everywhere. Yeah. But I came here and I remember I. Um, well, I grew up around white people. I didn't have, I didn't even see a black person growing up. Mm-hmm. Everyone was white and Catholic. Yeah. Um, and, and the best welcome that I got, uh, when I moved to this, to New York was from the black community. All my friends were black. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, and, and I was like, I was extremely ignorant. Mm-hmm. Nah, and I would say stupid things. Yeah. And I've been, I, I had to learn, you mm-hmm. know, and I was lucky to have, have these people in my life that instead of judging me, which they could have, mm-hmm. they they kind of took my hand and they were like, "This way, like I'll yeah. show you things," and and I I, I wasn't aware. We went. I wanted mm-hmm. to go to Barney's because I was gay and I grew up here in Barney's and I wanted to go to Barney's. And my mm-hmm. friend told me I feel uncomfortable because they um, look at me and then they ask me twice in the store to open my bag on my way out and. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Another, my, my dear friend, Savi, um, um, it was me, another friend of mine and Savi, and we went to, uh, I think I think it was, can I, yeah, Burberry. We went to Burberry, mm-hmm. want to say it, uh, and we on, on Fifth Avenue and it was for school school re- research. Mm-hmm. And we walked in, my, my other friend, uh, she was white, and she kept saying that she didn't want anything. And the people kept bringing bags off shelves to show them to her. Mm-hmm. And Savi, they didn't even say hi to her. This is in 2016. Wow. Uh, and the only difference was the color of their skin. Oh, wow. So they had to tell me mm-hmm. how things were. Yeah, they had to fill Police you in. Police brutality. Yeah. The, the first time uh, I was out uh, with my friends, and it was probably like 1 a.m., 2 a.m., one of my first night outs. And I was like, oh, thank God the police here. <laughs> and they were like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because I, I, police in Italy, they don't even have guns. Right. And police brutality, I wasn't aware of that. I hear that from so many of my international friends who yeah. are just like, oh, we love our police back home. They're so helpful yeah. and they protect yeah. us. And I'm, and we always have to be like, uh, no, 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 yeah. you, you need to be careful. That, I was sh- and then I, I, got, I got pulled over by a cop once mm-hmm. and I w- it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. He accused me of, he rolled down the window and he accused me of being high and speeding and resisting uh, mm-hmm. Him trying to stop me, which all, all wasn't true and happened in like nine seconds. Mm-hmm. I was literally just wait, looking for a place to pull over. And so he, I, he rolled down the window and spit out all these accusations. And I was like, how am I, I was in a foreign country. I was like, how am I going to defend myself? Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, I'm Italian, but I think the only reason is that I look Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. And I was driving a big car that was my friend's uh, mom's uh, in a white town mm-hmm. in New Hampshire. And I was terrified. And he, he said, you could have done... He had his gun out. He said, you could have... 
I didn't know why you didn't stop. You could have had a gun with you. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I was terrified. And my friend was like, see? <laughs> Holy shit. See? We didn't do anything. And the, we're talking about, so the, the speed limit was like 45 mm-hmm. and I was going at like 51. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you did the kilometers to miles per hour conversion wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and yeah, that's not even that far over the speed limit. That was 40, yeah, 45 and 42. Completely reasonable. And uh, and he thought I had a gun. Like, mm-hmm. It was it was a completely insane. Wow. So like that's what we've been telling you. About. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the racism that I was I was shocked. That was, was like, like the st- big one. I thought that I feel so stupid for saying this because it's such an ignorant thing to say, but I thought. It was in the past. I'm right. talking about 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And knowing that it was so present. And this was in 2016, leave alone everything that happened this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm referring to the protests, not what right, happened, right. that has been ha- happening forever. So that was a big... Totally. And with, I, a ne- with like a, like, like a negative, con- not negative connotation, but something that shocked me, mm-hmm. not with good energy. Right. And then there are silly things that were different. But that was the thing that I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. This is not the promised land. Yeah, everywhere there's work that needs to be done. And then it was a waking up on my own culture because I was like, "Wow, these people are so racist in Italy. It's not like that." Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Yeah, because there are, there's no diversity. <laughs> That's yeah, why you probably you would have racist people there, but we don't have diversity. So right, you grew up thinking. I grew up thinking it wasn't a thing. Right. Um. And then yeah, so that was that was that was a big thing. Totally. I actually had like a kind of a similar experience within the United States. So my my hometown in Colorado is very predominantly white. And when I grew up, we learned about Martin Luther King and the civil rights movements and all that. So when I was a kid, it was just like, oh, yeah, like Martin Luther King fixed everything. It's in the past. And then, yeah, you kind of exactly I kind of grew up, grew older, got to like high school, college and being like, oh, no, this is not by any means in the past it's still ongoing there is so much work to be done and it's very i don't know the perspective is very interesting and like a lot of the people who are like part of the problem don't even know how much a part of the problem they are because they're not exposed to other people and the diversity and the issues you know so that's a that's a very rude awakening to the United States, yeah. though. So, what was uh? How about what's a positive thing? What was something that you liked liked about being here? Um. Well, um. One thing is that you grew up. The architecture is very different, especially and houses are very different. Like the oh, architecture yeah. is very different. Uh, very uh, it's very like colonialism, uh, mm-hmm. neoclassic, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um. So coming here and even going to my friends houses out of new york city it feels it still it still feels to me even just going to jersey for me like being on a movie set yeah <laughs> it doesn't feel um yeah it, it feels like a movie set it's I, i'm like is this a real sink like even kitchens i'm like it, look, it looks like i don't know the kitchen from high school musical because i um yeah because you're you just you don't think about it but mm-hmm. that plays a big role when things don't look familiar to you totally and i also happen to like it very much mm-hmm. I, it's a time period that for architecture i that i really like i think for here since i'm from the west all of our development like denver is a relatively new city Mm -hmm. in like united states history and all the homes we live in are just like developments where they drop like a thousand houses out of nowhere in like eight months Mm -hmm. so we have this very cookie cutter like suburban areas that are just like oh it's nothing special you come to the east coast and you get like 
every house is unique with like ornate brick and that colonial yeah. style. It, it yeah. for me, I always feel like I'm watching Home Alone, where they, yeah, they exactly. live in Maryland and yeah. big beautiful houses with the columns and stuff. Totally, totally different. Uh, yeah, and well, this is a broad topic. I could think mm. of so many things. So I don't know if you wanna. If, I can, if you want me to keep going, because there are many things that I... Let's get one more, because okay. I'm curious. One more. Um, now I have to choose, like, carefully, which is the most... <laughs> or maybe I can do, like, a carousel, like, a quick... Well, uh, sizes of products in in supermarkets. Okay. The huge shampoos, that, yeah. which, to you, are probably just... That's, that was just insanity. The Listerine, just the mouthwash. Yeah, like a the half huge, gallon of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that, to me, was mind-blowing. The fact that you guys keep milk and orange juice in laundry detergent bottles—that <laughs> was. My... What do you keep it in? Uh, bottles like this. Oh, I'm like sorry, little keep... water bottles. Yeah, yeah like yeah, no, bigger, bigger though. Okay, but not like an Amer- like the biggest Italian bottle that I would find on a supermarket in Italy. It's probably just like the small size that you guys have. Yeah. <laughs> so that so that that was totally that was definitely weird. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, that, I'm thinking of things that are not like ha- broad topics and mm-hmm. something more, but because it's yeah. Did but, you have something that hit you like regarding the fashion of just like everyday people? Oh, well, that's uh, that's insanely big topic. Okay, I, I'll narrow it down. Uh, <laughs> well, there, I I think this is kind of my opinion, but I I think it mirrors uh, the truth. There, um, European fashion is more historical. Mm-hmm. And when people in Europe put outfits together, this is the way I see it. It's very about uh, matching, matching, and everything works together. Yeah. Um, but there's the earring matching the color of the seam, and there's a time period respected, even if it's just uh, a woman going to work. But that there's for fashion people, it's uh, there's a lot of history mm-hmm. there. It's less playful and more like more like a reference. You're referencing. There's mm-hmm. an homage. American fashion, I find it, I, I I like fa- American fashion more. Really, it's more uh, it's more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you you put you it's more about the fantasy. You take th- there are no rules. If it works, you, if you, it's more linked to your personality personality mm-hmm. and making it work and the fantasy. Yeah. Um, the difference is with the European way of fashion. If there's an outfit and you break it down and you start taking pieces down, like you take down the bag, the earrings, and then the, the maybe the blazer. And, mm-hmm. and and so it's just like a skirt, like it still works. You still get the idea. Mm-hmm. Usually with American fashion, everything has to be on the person. If you start taking things down, yeah, it's it, it starts to not, it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. So it relies a lot on, on, on looks and, and fantasies and, and, and geometries and colors. Whereas European fashion is more is more historic, is more mm-hmm. down to the detail and everything. I like American fashion because you can play more. You can wear cheap stuff because mm-hmm. if you want to look elegant but with historical references, you have to go for a higher quality of design right, and right. structure, and that's more expensive. Mm-hmm. America, American fashion, if it's an oversized T-shirt that you found in a thrift store and and a waist belt that you found on a thrift store. And you put on a stupid hat and heels, and you're good to go. And and I just love it. Yeah, it's, it's so it's this it's this it's this melting pot of of, of styles that mm-hmm. it's I think it's just it's so entertaining. It's more entertaining than a European fashion. Oh, that's that's a great way to put it. I love the so um, I noticed that, and I, I love that, that it's like oh, you, this is the fantasy. You dress up 
however fun. you want yeah. for like a personality or like a certain look rather than like this is an outfit that says something head to toe it's just like this is cool yeah, i less, like this it's less of a show off i think it's eradicated it's probably honestly honest you got to think it it's eradicated since medieval times in europe mm-hmm. uh the fact that you need to show off yeah it was a way of showing off wealth literally mm-hmm. um the fact especially during the renaissance the fabric the fabrics that they could if they could afford some fabrics, that that, that was the big deal for them, and uh, most of the times they would. That, that's like the the early Facetune and Photoshop for influencers back then. It was well, they would uh, get they would buy these paintings. Yeah, uh, I mean, sorry, commission these paintings. Yep. and they wanted to show off rich fabrics because it means mm-hmm. it would have meant that they were wealthy. Right. So they some most of the times they would have swatches of very expensive fabric, and then asking the painter to paint that fabric onto Whoa. onto their dress. So I think that the thing of I had the money to buy this mm-hmm. and now I'm showing it off, it's eradicated. Especially in New York fashion, it's it's not about the money. It's about like, this is the fan this is how I'm feeling tonight. This is mm-hmm. the fantasy. You know? People tend people here react, they say, uh, oh you look so cute or you look amazing or you look you look amazing, you look fabulous. Mm-hmm. It's less of where did you get that? Right. That's not the first question. Right. That's another thing. Sorry, that that's uh, I think it's New York, not America, but uh, that that was different. That I wasn't used to, and that I loved it. Mm-hmm. People stopping you on the street to tell you that they love something about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I love your coat, or I love your boots, or I love this, I love that. Yeah. People stopping you when it came here, and they were like, I like. They, people would stop me on the train to compliment my hair. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love this. because yeah. <laughs> I I am like that. Yeah. If I see someone. And I try to never compliment beauty first because mm-hmm. I don't think it's. I think I, I. I'm not trying to be corny or. I think correct. it's a good like. Opener. I think there's more to someone that their looks. Yeah. But sometimes through their looks catch your attention, and then you you can see you can see a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not like just visually, but like you can see a person, feel a person. But they're if they're if they're if they're fashionista and they're using fashion to express themselves, mm-hmm. you notice them. And I want to be able to go to someone and say. You look fabulous. I love that. I love that. Because it's, I don't know, it just makes your freaking day. And yeah. your people don't do that. Mm-hmm. And now when I go back, I want to do it. Yeah. And people are kind of weirded out if you do it. Oh, yeah. They're I, like, don't, they, they hold on to their purse. They're like, no. I've heard that all the time. It's just, uh, really? okay. I heard from, I think it was my German teacher back in college. And he like grew up in the United States. He goes to Germany for school. And he was just walking around, just having a nice day. And he was just smiling at people on the street. And he said oh, yeah. everyone was looking at him like, what the fuck yeah, is wrong yeah, with yeah, this yeah. guy? And, but, uh, yeah, and I think the, the like, you hear from people who move here that, like, the Americans are so friendly, so outgoing. They are, just yeah. Stop someone. And, like, I do it, too. It's, like, the whole thing of, like, oh, I love this. Or, like, literally... Like I'm a big skier, and it's just so normal to be on a lift with someone. Be like, "Yo, I love those boots. You got some sick skis." Just like throwing out the compliments. Yeah, it's just, uh, and this is about looks, but yeah. people here do it in general. Uh, if you expose yourself and you speak, uh, whether it's a conference or I, I um, last winter I went to this conference where where you could meet Steve Madden. It was uh, mm-hmm. like, not really meet. It was like a Q and A. Yeah, at some law school. And I just uh, stood up and asked a couple, asked a couple of questions, mm-hmm. and then I had people coming to me after, being like, uh, "Oh, I loved what you said," or "Thank you for bringing this up." Mm-hmm. And I wasn't like a politician or anything. Yeah, I wasn't in a panel. They just came to me. Yeah, and and I met them and I talked to them. I love meeting people. Mm-hmm. I am afraid of meeting people. Yeah, because of 
you know, like after what I went through when I was in middle school and being gay and everything. Now, when someone approaches me, I'm like, what horrible thing are you about mm-hmm. to yell at me? So I'm I'm normally terrified of people. But deep down, if someone's friendly, I just love me. I think people are so interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ones, especially the ones that are like, I'm not interesting about this thing. I'm like, you're probably more interesting than people that claim to be interesting. Yeah. there's uh, That's the thing that I love about human beings. We're so special. Each one of us, we have something so unique to us. Sometimes we're not even aware of it, mm-hmm. which I think is unique itself. <laughs> and and I just love, I just love that here people are open to compliments and then discussion yeah. and and no, it's just fabulous. Do you feel like yeah. that kind of culture has like eased up like social anxiety you've had in the past? Like, do you think being here with the people who are more outgoing and friendly has just made you like more chill and like less on no. edge? No, okay, <laughs> no, <Fair> because <laughs> uh, no, because that's something when they come to me and they talk to me. Uh, if I, I can't, I feel, I'm very sensitive. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, I can. When someone comes to me and they open their mouth and they say something, I can tell if, yeah, if if they if they like me or not. Yeah, you learn to develop that for mm-hmm. self for self preservation. Uh, no, but I, I'm still afraid of people in general. Okay, yeah, <laughs> when I and and when I started doing comedy and I would have to show up to these places and I've never done comedy before, so no one knows me, no mm-hmm. one has seen me, and I look this way, so people look at me. And you would assume that someone that dress, dresses like this or look, wants to look like this, a very, for, for the people that can't see me right now, but, you know, like yeah. weird outfits and makeup, flashy makeup. Yeah. You think that I want to draw attention to myself, but truly don't, mm-hmm. uh, which is very contradicting. And I think that's, that's something weird. very remarkable about you, which I thought, thought was interesting because, one, I want to say that New York City comedy is so supportive and accepting and, like, the only the the difference between people liking you and like not liking you is if you're people will like you if you show up and you're present and you're friendly and you're working to be funnier. That's all it takes. And people won't like you if you get on stage and you're cocky and like you don't really come show up. But like the first time I saw you was in a tiny cupboard roof and you were wearing like some like really high high boots heels of course you were wearing a blazer and just shorts i think oh it was pants yes <laughs> yes pants because <laughs> uh, i always have issues finding pants so then that i was like i'm not wearing pants. Mm-hmm. this and blazer is long enough which it wasn't but <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were just audience i was like oh yeah this is like new york city night on the town this yeah, person is tuesday. out with some friends yeah it's tuesday, tuesday. should have put that together <laughs> yeah. but and then you got up on stage. I was like, whoa, this person is doing comedy too. That's incredible. It's so cool. And like, oh. I, f- I feel like so many comedians are so modest in the way they dress. And it's so kind of low key, middle of the road. And to s- see someone get up there, like dressed like you are, it's like, wow. Like, That's, um, I always, I always said that I, uh, I don't know if I should say this, but, uh, I, I, I've been wanting to do... I just like... I, I, as you can tell, I like mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like talking. I, I like getting to know people. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that you could normalize certain things or make other people feel better about themselves. Yeah. Because I've been in very dark places just like anyone else. Mm-hmm. But I've been in very dark places and I had to pull myself out as a gay guy because you don't really have much representation mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Truly, if you're a feminine gay guy... Yeah. Just think about like if even in uh, we have we have Gaga we have Ariana Grande we have Britney Spears mm-hmm. but don't we we don't have a lot well, there are some but we don't really have a lot of feminine gay guys out there mm-hmm. that uh, I mean we I mean there's RuPaul Drag Race there are a lot of amazing fierce entertainers out there yeah but no one that's out there like this is just me 
Right. It's more like a show or an exaggeration, it's spectacular, mm-hmm. but no one's ever like, I, I'm wearing makeup because I like it. Yeah. Um, or just trying to normalize it. And the, comedy is a great way, I think, to talk about dark, dark things and make them mm-hmm. funny. You, you laugh at the pain and you, yeah. and, you, and you talk about it. And then people come to you. And uh, I, I had nights when I would go out and, and do, some, do, do a set and maybe be like, oh, this, this was awful. This was stupid. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going anywhere or whatever. Uh, especially because I'm just starting out, so yeah. sometimes it's just uh, it's just that's a mess. how it is, par for the yeah. course. Yeah, but and it's amazing for me on those nights what I think it was just such a failure up there, and then it would come down, and someone would come to me and be like, "Oh, you empower me," and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Why?" Because I want to do that, but I don't have the nerve to nerve mm-hmm. to, and it doesn't occur to me because now I'm used to do it. Yeah, for me, it's not. A, I'm not. I, I don't sweat anymore when I leave the house with eye makeup to. It, I made it normal to myself. Right. And funny enough, I forget that it's not still mm. normal. And I'm like, I don't care if I went up there and I wasn't even good, but someone, there was someone out there that felt better about themselves. Yeah. Because I went and did my clown piece mm-hmm. up there. Yeah. I'm happy. I, it's, yeah, it's happiness for me. Absolutely. It makes me happy. So, um, but I was a little bit afraid, you know, especially when you start out, Mm-hmm. And totally, my fashion game was better than my comedy game. I mean, yeah. still is. I just started yeah. out. So <laughs> I was like, okay. how, how, am, how am, will I be accepted? Are they going to give me a hard time? No. Are they going to think, oh, who, who, who does he think he is? That, that, was, that was my fear at the mm-hmm. beginning. Because you don't know. You, don't, you, just, you, you know, you've been there. You just don't know. I yeah. still don't know what I'm talking about or what I want to talk about. It's, it's, it, when you're new at comedy, you don't have to know what you want to talk about. Like, and the thing is, is what you want to do is focus on being funny, improving your joke writing, and just meeting people. And, like, you'll find that people are just super supportive. There's, like, some people here and there that you stay away from. But for the most so part, far, people I, are great. Through, um, uh, through end mics, I, I met, I mean, yourself included, mm-hmm. and Lee, uh, just people that I, that I love so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so, so different, and So different, so talented, so nice, so welcoming. Mm-hmm. It was a nice surprise. Yeah. I, I was terrified. Yeah, at the beginning, you feel like the new kid at school. You yeah. Know? Oh, totally. I come to these mics and I don't know anyone and everyone's talking. Because I, I, I started out with the tiny cupboard. Yeah. Cupboard on, on that late, late open mic that they used to do on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a little bit of everything. And then when it came to the first, I think it was the first uh, ends mic in Prospect Park. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it didn't occur to me that it would be okay comics that already know each other yeah and that are real comics like they've been doing this for a while Mm -hmm. and i was terrified about going up yeah like a hundred percent and then i was kind of like you idiot they went through that too like they didn't they weren't born like like you know they they know what it feels like yeah and we had a you definitely find some rooms are like more actively supportive than others and like and and's mike incredibly supportive yes, like and i love it we um even though she got me drunk last night i want to <laughs> say it in case she's listening to this like <laughs> she didn't actively got me drunk but she started the snowball effect with that rum at 7 p.m before dinner and <laughs> and because of you i puked out of an uber last night <laughs> oh no it wasn't an uber it was my friend lana's car it was a car i puked out of someone's some car. vehicle yeah sorry for bringing this moment into this <laughs> you hear you heard it here and yeah and it's your fault and it's her fault yeah but yeah and like at, at her mic um we w- me and uh lee at our outdoor show we had a walk by audience one day named ramsey and his buddy 
and they came and they saw the show and they're like, this is so great. And Ramsey was like, oh, I've been, this is perfect that I came here. I've been wanting to try stand-up. How do you guys start? Like, what do you do? And he came to a couple more of our shows and he came to some open mics to watch. He came to Ann's mic to watch. And I was like, okay, next week you should go up for your first time. There's not a better place to do it than mm-hmm. here. And he goes up and he starts telling a joke and he kind of freezes up stage fright. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting off. And then all of us are just clapping like, stay on stage. Oh, no, it, wait. I know it. what you're talking about. Yeah. He was, uh, he came, uh, I think he, he tried again. He came to the minorities, LGBT. Yeah, yeah. And let him on that one. Yeah, I yeah. don't think he belongs to you. <laughs> I think he. And was just and like, was just like come. come on. Yeah. Because it's a very supporting group. And yeah, yeah, no, I know. I, I was there. I was yeah. there at the mic when he came. Yeah. We were like, oh, no, I'm bombing. We were like, no, we're all, well, we're, yeah. we're all bombing. Like, yeah. And that's all the time. That's perfect. And that's like the healthiest environment for a beginner because getting on that stage is such a big hurdle. And then when you start telling jokes and you're not getting laughs, getting over that devastating feeling, it takes a while. And for someone starting out, I just want everyone to feel supportive, supported and be like, you can do this. You can put yourself out there. You can be funny. Just don't get in your head. Like we've all been through it. We've all sucked so badly up there. So it's okay. (laughs) And I'm not saying you suck by any means. Like you're, it's it's part Don't of the worry, journey. I, I I cover that. I cover, <laughs> I cover that every morning. So you you got it. I you always just, keep a healthy dose of self hatred. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> to keep bit. myself grounded. Yes. Uh, no, I mean I just started out. Yeah, I, it's it's uh, yeah. You, you you get a little. I feel like I have this thing that's helping me out. Well, first of all, when I walk up stage and people look at me, they want to know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> I can feel the energy. They're like, you need to tell me. What yeah. am I looking at? Yeah. Um. And I did notice that I, uh, that the more I'm truth to myself and what I want to talk about, the more confident I am. Yeah. And if I try to be funny, it's yeah, maybe you get the ha ha. But yeah. um, it's not it's not the same thing. Yeah. You you kind of got to blend the two. It goes back and forth between like just speaking what's on your mind and like and, having and, a direction yeah, and like exactly. writing. So. But you you have to get you have to mm-hmm. do it. Like that's the that's the only advice that you get when you want to do stand up comedy. You ask, what should I do? And people look at you, they smile a little bit, and they go, you have, you have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> That's what you have to do if you want to do it. You have to do it. You have to go to mics mm-hmm. and meet people, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and you just do it. Mm-hmm. And I started during coronavirus, so I feel like I, if I can make it during coronavirus, make it, I mean, you putting started, something together. and You started a good time, because right now, if you're just starting comedy especially when during the summer it's just like warm outside everyone's outdoor just chilling yeah and the mics are better yeah i think someone made a joke like coronavirus made everything worse but open mics a little better yeah it uh, it totally did and when we go back inside it's gonna be bad (laughs) i witnessed two open mics uh Mm -hmm. back because i i've been writing jokes Mm -hmm. for uh a year and a half without even telling people that I was writing, dreaming about doing that. So, same with the shoes and fashion. Came, <laughs> yeah. And fashion, exactly. That's yeah. my that's my process. Yeah. Uh, and fashion went along with it. Yeah. The idea of dressing up was part of it. Mm-hmm. I I liked the idea of going up, talking about some things, and looking in a certain way. I was like, "Is my happy corner to do it?" Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I was like, "This is." This is perfect. It, it's two things that I love, and I can do them together. Mm-hmm. So it was two dreams, two fantasies happening at the same time. Right, like an excuse to dress up, uh, even though you don't need one. Right, but if you get one to your brain, you feel more confident about mm-hmm. it. So I've been writing jokes for like a year and a half, and then I 
finally I was like, okay, I really want to do it. I really want to do it. And then I ended up in this workshop mm-hmm. and, and that's how I started. And then this summer with the open mics, mm-hmm. the tiny cover was my first open mic Yeah, before it was the workshop. And, uh, what, I wanted to say something and now, cause you ask a question and I was trying to answer that. Um, I forgot what I asked. Well, <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Okay. So I went to, I, I want to, cause you, you go online and you, you're, you're browsing for advice mm-hmm. and I, and people are like, okay, at least go look, like take a look, be in the audience at some open mic. Yeah. And I did twice. And the first time I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. Yeah. Like in this dark basement, just yep. straight guys talking about raping their girlfriends. <laughs> and I was like, I can't go up there with my wig and yeah. telling them. Like they are the people that I'm trying to make fun of. Yeah. Not as straight guys, but as bullies. Yeah. But like these people remind me of my bullies. How, how can I do this? Mm-hmm. And the second time I went to an open mic and they had already started and I kind of sit like in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And they kind of started picking on me, mm-hmm. but not in a funny way. They were they were mad at me because I wasn't laughing. Oh, and yeah. I was like, I don't know what to do. Also, I was rooting for them in my mind. I wasn't there sitting there in a judgmental way. Yeah. So I didn't know how to communicate that to them. Yeah. But one, like a girl went on, uh, uh, she started a bunch of questions like, anyone grew up in New York? Anyone? And she asked like a bunch of questions. And the answer was no, in my mind. No, I didn't grow up here. No, I didn't grow up here. No, I didn't do this, so I didn't participate. But because it's the truth, or or I remember like a girl did a uh, 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 one minute and a half mm-hmm. that was identical to a minute and a half of Kate McKinnon of SNL. Ooh, that's a huge and no, not even no. like one sketch. She was doing when they made fun of Hil- uh, when, no, when, I'm sorry, when she was doing the impression of Hillary Clinton mm. in 2016. And I knew those catches by heart because I thought they were so funny. Mm-hmm. So I literally knew the words to what she was saying. So I didn't say or do anything. But in my mind, I, I, I wasn't laughing. She was like, why aren't you laughing? And I didn't call her out because I didn't. I, I would know, be I so tempted. Like but using like, other jokes from like especially professionals like, is like and not so like, low. No self-awareness. And not like one or two jokes. I'm talking about like a minute and a yeah. half. Like a big chunk of the sketch. And so that's a lot of jokes. And you picked something that was televised. Yeah, millions of people crazy. saw it. Is Kate McKinnon doing the impression of uh, Hillary Clinton? It's four years later, but I still remember that. Mm-hmm. We're all comedians and we are, we're all into comedy. How yeah. can you believe? So that was like, oh my God, now I don't have the confidence to be in the audience. Like, leave alone, <laughs> leave alone getting up on stage. Yeah, like, right? This is getting me further and further away from the goal. <laughs> So let me uh, let me ask you this because it's kind of an interesting dynamic. What do you think about fashion within comedy? Not not so much like open mic level, but on like sorry. like professional, like national level comedians. Like 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 I don't think I don't think a lot of there's not like a. I've heard from a lot of comedians that like the way you dress is also part of your act. When you walk up on stage, the audience sees you, yeah. and they want they they want to look at someone that's nice to look at which is obviously the basics of just look mm-hmm. presentable but then there's uh like people who really go kind of next level like cat williams or like eddie izzard is a great example who just really kind of push the fashion out there so what do you how do you feel like what do you feel like the role is of fashion within stand-up i uh i love joan rivers okay oh yeah joan rivers duh. because uh she i feel like she really brought glam to comedy especially for women she was like you can look like a million yeah. bucks and, and be funny mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but she started so many things that uh, we don't really we don't even have enough time to to yeah. name them. <laughs> um, I think you should do whatever you want. I don't think people should. I see that I'm I'm way more into female comedians mm-hmm. than male comedians. Okay, fair. Uh, and I think that's more like topic related. I relate more to what women talk about than what mm-hmm. men talk about. Um, I see. I'm thinking. I'm now. I'm thinking about uh, specials or shows that I've seen. Most comedians, I feel like, wear things that kind of like fade in with the fade with the background. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of disappear. Like the, the the focus doesn't. They walk up on stage. You see the outfit, and then you just focus on what they're saying. That's it's not important. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of them. Mm-hmm. I think. It, I mean, if you want to do it, if it's part of your act, it's part of your persona, do it. If not, don't do it. I would never try to put rules on a comedian. Like, right, right, right. You're supposed to have fun and do whatever you yeah. want. Um, sometimes it serves your act mm-hmm. uh, and, and what you're doing. Sometimes you want to, you have to, st- st- if you're taping and you're like a professional comedian, you're taping and it lasts for six hours and you have to wear this like, um, to, sorry, okay, sorry, microphone. It's um, okay. It's all good. Um, you want to be comfortable. Right, so right. So you don't want to do uh, certain things. I I like fashion and I like incorporating mm-hmm. that in what I do. But um, yeah, everybody should do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I suffered so much from rules and restrictions that have been applied to me mm-hmm. actively, actively or passively that I would I would never want to put that on someone. Right? Like, never. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter what level or intensity. It's just that. why can't we just leave each other alone? Right. Because that's that's my my, mo- my motto in general is like. It would be great if we if we could all be friends. Mm-hmm. If we can be friends, let's just leave each other alone. Yeah. Why? Why do you care? Mm-hmm. We're all gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> like who cares? So yeah, I would never. I don't like rules. Like yeah, because as a fashion person, you get asked uh, often like, what sh- what should I wear? Is this cute? Or what's the next? Do you like it? Wear it. Yeah. Why do you care what I think? You know what I mean? There's a there's a rule. It's a quote unquote rule mm-hmm. in comedy no shorts on stage and your first mic you blew that rule out of the water <laughs> well i followed the rule they yeah. said no shorts you were like spanks and i was like okay no shorts i took the shorts off like that. <laughs> that's exactly what they no said. I, I love no it. shorts no no i hate that i yeah. think I, now i'm just gonna do shorts it, it for me for like comedy clubs and stuff especially coming from the way that stand-up has been in the past is like I've heard that shorts are distracting. Mainly, it's like for men. They're like, we don't want you people looking at your legs. You want the focus up on your face and where you're speaking. Well, I really miss that by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the outfits and the wigs and everything. <laughs> totally. Like, oh god! Thank God I didn't know this when but, it started. Like because because of how things are going this year with the coronavirus and being outside, it's like. Mm-hmm. Wait, you want me to wear fucking pants to an outdoor open mic in 90 degree weather with 90% humidity? You're crazy. We're all wearing shorts. No, I'm going to start a campaign. That's going to be my Instagram. I'm going to start something. I mean, we have other more important protests and movements going on right now than shorts. But no, like, I'm sorry. But like, if I'm going up on a stage, I have the nerve to just get get in front of people. And I'm ready to also get no laughs or <laughs> like I- I'm there. I'm going to wear whatever I want. I don't- if you ever produce a show, it should be called no pants comedy. Yeah. I don't want people to wear <laughs> pants. That's the only rule. No pants <laughs> or panties. Just naked people. Naked people. We're going to blurt it out. I don't know. Maybe the purest form of comedy. You're all in the room naked. You are naked. Audiences make <laughs> naked. No nerves. Very just sanitary. Jokes. Very yeah. sanitary. Yeah. <laughs> masks though everyone also, has to wear a mask if you look in a certain way and you're bombing but bombing bombing 
at least you i don't know at least people have something pretty to look at i don't know at least yeah. you have your legs <laughs> you know like what do they have? if you cover yourself up and then you're you're, you're you suck what is there for them to appreciate nothing yeah plus you know like it's the you know if you can tell a joke look it kind of vibe mm-hmm. i mean if i think it's it helps it's funny i think it's funny i think fashion it's funny mm-hmm. i there's a side of me that think thinks that i look good like right now and a side of me that thinks this is hilarious <laughs> that i just had the nerve to leave the house like this on a sunday morning yeah <laughs> um yeah it's supposed to be i would have i remember when i was a kid i i always loved the idea of making people mm-hmm. laugh this is actually a true story i do you know the movie who framed roger rabbit yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so for some reason they made me watch that movie when i was like six which i don't think it's a kid's movie there's like sex violence guns definitely tobacco. there's everything they're um, swearing to i believe mm-hmm. but i for some reason i was watching that movie and I loved, I was probably like five or six or seven. And I loved Roger. Ra- I was like, he is my role model. Mm-hmm. Because he was so cute and all all he wanted was to make people laugh. Yeah. He was like, I'm not going to do anything unless it's going to make someone laugh. I can, I think he was handcuffed at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And they tried to take those off for so long. And then at a certain point, it turns out that he could free himself at any given point. Yeah. And he says, why didn't you do it? And it was like, because I had to wait for a moment when it was funny. <laughs> And and all through that, they were being chased by the police. And mm. so, like, whatever. And I thought it was funny. And I remember thinking, I want to make people laugh. And straight out of the gate, the second, the, the following day, they called my mom from school and they said that I should see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did. Yeah. I mean, it was true. But, like, right conclusion, wrong thinking process. Mm-hmm. I think uh, one of the things that stands out in that movie as one of the huge quotes about comedy of all time is someone asked jessica rabbit is like why are you why are you dating him yeah. and she goes he makes me you laugh. laugh it's like okay yeah <laughs> I, it's um well that was that was a big thing for me when i when i started doing comedy when mm-hmm. i went to um that workshop and really had to perform mm-hmm. uh first of all something very weird happened i didn't have the energy first thing i didn't have the energy to support any of the stuff that I had written. Right. I changed what I was writing about. Right. Um, so my idea of, of who I wanted to be up there mm-hmm. changed into I don't have an idea of who I want yeah. to be. It's just, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that for sure. And then there was like a, it kind of unlocked a, a, some pain that was stored inside of me mm-hmm. since many years. Because I... I just realized I'm just seeing by the way that there's glitter on the microphone now. Our next guest will appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I um I wanted to make people laugh and I was doing that genuinely when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't concerned about how I was coming across. Right. So I was being myself. Right. And I was being myself and people started making fun of me and mm-hmm. call and saying, oh, he's gay. Because mm-hmm. he's feminine and everything. Right. So I kind of associated making people laugh, being myself with it's a problem, something that I should be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. So when I went back to comedy, I didn't expect that. When I started to do that, that old file in my brain opened mm-hmm. up again. And I started to feel the way I felt when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to make people laugh and be myself. But I had a lot of pain that was like preventing me from doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, so it's been hard. I, I had like crying sessions mm-hmm. uh and i'm 25 and i was crying for things that happened when i was uh eight or nine mm-hmm. um because there's truth in there and yeah. you, you want to go up there and you have to deal with certain things 
And but then looking back, I was like, wow, I actually always wanted to do this. Yeah. I stopped for the same reason why I was burning my drawings because mm-hmm. I, I, it was just taught to me that I should should have been ashamed of who I am, mm-hmm. honestly. So um, yeah. we're wrapping this episode up. Oh. And but I yeah. want to ask you one final thing. I think yeah. we've gotten a lot of good responses and this is kind of going to what you're talking about. So. Okay. You as a person in your creative career with like doing your shoe design and fashion and starting comedy, what's your like message? What's like the thing that sticks with you the whole time? Like, what do you tell yourself to keep going? To um, comedy and fashion, comedy and fashion together. Just all of it. The message to myself or that I want to communicate? Either. Either. Um, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. I'm trying, I'm trying to tell people that mm-hmm. in a desperate attempt to teach myself that mm-hmm. i'm trying to tell people what i want to learn myself because i'm still stuck in old chains that were not even my chains i'm like if elisa was struggling for something that's genuinely coming from within but this is the trick we don't have anything painful and mean that comes from our soul it always mm-hmm. comes from the outside um so it's do whatever you want do mm-hmm. wear whatever you want say whatever you want being respectful of other people, mm-hmm. being respectful of other people, you know, like your freedom ends where the other person freedom mm-hmm. begins. Um, so not, I'm not saying do whatever, yeah, be a good person, be a decent human being, but do whatever you want, say whatever you want. Uh, talk to us about what you're thinking. Let's have a conversation. Let's wear shorts or no shorts. Let's yeah. wear spanks, whatever. <laughs> it's just this idea of not taking life too seriously, not taking taking anything too seriously fashion especially Mm -hmm. is something that people tend to take seriously i don't like that i think it should be fun Mm -hmm. uh and this these are all things that i thought as a human being when i was seven yeah that were taking not really take i don't think people can take things away from you but i do think that they can bury them Mm -hmm. under layers and layers of shit um so yeah be let's all be free or leave each other alone i try to tell people that because i want to learn it i want Mm -hmm. it's 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 it's, it's ther- therapeutic. Therapeutic. Yeah, that word. Uh, so I, I think that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to, and I like doing this. I like to look ridiculous and go up on a stage because I'm hoping that there's going to be someone in the audience like me many years ago mm-hmm. that's going that's going to see me and do it because mm-hmm. that's what happened with me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's, it's about freedom yeah and if, if you have rules and regulations fine but they have to come from you mm-hmm. not other people right because it's a vicious cycle mm-hmm. you know you put chains on someone and then you're victim of those chains that you created mm-hmm. i see that happening all the time uh with body shaming or trend shaming or mm-hmm. whenever someone's like oh my god i hate that and then i look at them and i'm like you hate it because you you want to do it too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this message of let's let's have fun. Yeah. yeah, I think this has been such a wonderful episode. I think there were so many like powerful things here, and I love that. Like, I had a great time, and thank you so much for having me. You know, you course. know, this is my first podcast. Yeah, so today awesome. I left the house, and I was like, I'm gonna record a podcast. Um, but this is like, I think just this whole like everything you've told me, like your life is just like being yourself getting pushback from other people and just slowly unburying like your true self and like being free like you said i think that's 
a message that everyone can take to heart is just I like hope so, yeah just like shed the bullshit bullshit and move past it yeah. and just be yourself like it's so cool i'd love to see it i'd like no but i you hope you don't really listen and ask i mean well i think you're obviously very good at what you're doing i've listened <laughs> no i've listened to your other to your other episodes and, mm-hmm. and and i loved it and you're a great interviewer thank you so i i i came and i knew that you were going to be good but yeah i mean thank you for what you said about mm-hmm. me but you really listen and ask interesting questions i mean we talk about we talked about shoes and uh difference uh, cultural differences and mm. swamps and <laughs> my mom ages can <laughs> maybe you're gonna cut that out or yeah. maybe that's gonna be part oh, of the it's opening staying game. in yeah no and uh it's just it, this has been so fun and i thought it was fun when i asked you it was like you want to be on the podcast like we talk about shoe design i was like can you talk about shoes for 90 minutes and you you're were quite, like oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty much like are you able to just talk about shoes or are you gonna talk about other things but yeah it was good i think i think we kind of ended up at a good place i think just with like yeah, I, mean, I had fun yeah so if you're happy great. i'm happy this is wonderful it was like we we kind of we kind of stopped your uh shoe discussion but we were like i think it's all good this has been such a positive experience like i i love this like you have so much cool oh, stuff you. going on so creative and i just love your just like just get out there and just do it it's yeah. so cool and i really hope that you stick with stand-up and just keep at I it and so keep too. working like just keep getting after it because like today you got all dressed up like you said on a Sunday morning and you came to record a podcast not even in a studio in my ground floor apartment in my bedroom (laughs) which is better (laughs) so I have my tea with honey with honey (laughs) you have to say honey honey, in the right way yeah (laughs) Uh, I got stickers Um, I'm gonna put them on my mug and pretend it's the mug from your show awesome which it is (laughs) uh no, this was wonderful. I love, I, I've just, I started doing this, but I love the people that are, it's like a whole universe is opening up, which is better than what I thought. Cause it's mm-hmm. really even, it's not even about the performance. Yeah. It's about the, a community. I love it. Mm-hmm. So I hope that I'm going to keep doing this. Hell yeah. I, I, and thank you so much for having me. This do. was fabulous. So real quick, before yeah. we finish, is there anywhere you, anything you want to plug? Any, anything you, anything, where, sorry, anywhere where people can find you that you want to put out there? Uh, I have an Instagram that I just started out. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, my name is presumably male, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they can find me there. And I uh, I'm slowly starting to post things, but I post some of my stories on if I do interesting things like mm-hmm. coming to your podcast. Uh, I post it, so if they want to follow me, um, there I am. Awesome, cool. They want to um, have a good laugh? Just look yeah. at a picture every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well. Thank you again so much for coming Thank on. You. This has been a wonderful episode. And woo. Woo. All right. So <laughs> that's it. Let's give it up for Alviso one more time. Woo. <laughs> All right. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Check out Alvisa on Instagram and hopefully check them out at some comedy shows in the future here. So thank you again so much. Thank Hope you. you a good time. Again, again, again. All Thanks. right. Bye. <laughs>